0: I have my tea. I We voted today. Oh, I don't have my sticker on. They it's gave hall a sticker for voting. Because I'm that girl that took her dog in her purse to the voting house. Yeah.
1: yeah. Honestly, I said this to Meadow the other day. Guys, if you're not following Meadow on Instagram, which like obviously you are if you're <laughs> listening to the podcast, but in the off chance that you're not, you have been on your you. fucking shit lately. Thank
0: you. I think what's been... Sorry if I just whacked the mic with my tea and everyone heard that. I was telling Gabby, I think what's been helping me is focusing less about my life and just sharing personal things because that doesn't feel good recently and just mm-hmm. really just ripping as much mental health shit throughout the day that I think about that I'm talking about. Like, I obviously am having these conversations with you constantly and clients constantly. i all but, screaming in the background. <sighs> uh, every time. But I'm trying to get better about ripping them on Instagram. So thank you. You're the blueprint. No, you're doing great. So I'm not the blueprint. I I'm not the blueprint.
1: And see, it's funny because... You're inspiring me because I feel like I'm in a rut with social media where I just, I feel like, I feel like I, everything that's on my story is either like reposting a picture that I just posted of myself or a like dark meme. You know what yeah, I mean? Same. Like there's uh-huh, just like, uh-huh. I'm not posting anything. I don't, I don't know. And I mean, I, well, obviously, I like, I'm never going to stop posting those memes because they make me laugh, but what no, the memes are the best.
0: I have a question for you because I was telling this to Michaela, I think for me, my relationship with social media has changed a lot. I mean, one, it's always been for work. Like I don't follow friends. Friends will be like, Oh, you didn't see it on Instagram. Like I don't, if you're my friend, I don't look at your story. Like I'm on for work, ripping shit and leaving. Sorry. But also because of that, I think now with the podcast, like I love long format so much. I love doing this with you so much. Mm. I love the ability to like have a very long, thoughtful conversation and like address all or a lot of different sides of right. things and move on. Long story short, long format has been really speaking to me, which has me being like, shit, maybe I want to try YouTube again once and for all. Um,
1: I think you should. But has that
0: affected you in the same... Like, are you are you loving the podcast in so short form? Is it is that clicking with you in the same way it's clicking with me was my question.
1: Um, I don't think that... I mean, now that you're saying it, yes, I hate nothing more than reels, for example. Yeah, like, oh, I, oh, I, I spent a nice hour muting people yesterday on my nice on my Instagram. I I don't think it's that. I think it's like I don't see. Okay, so recently I did a newsletter article thing for this company called Thing Testing that they just like test different brands or whatever. And my friend Emma works there, cool. and basically they interviewed me for it and had me like give my like favorites. And you guys always ask us about that, so like go read that. Yeah, little thing that I did. Yeah. But anyway, they asked like who are the people that you look to, and immediately I was like Amrit and Marta, like they're the Duh. only people. Yeah. Not only people, but like it's really people like that that i actually like enjoy the content yep. that they're p- producing. Because first of all, especially Amrit, like I really relate to her humor. I steal so many memes from her. Like, oh my gosh. I, like I just I like Amrit's content and I like same thing with Marta's. Like it's very when they're giving product advice, it's like matter of fact, this is what we yeah. like. But then aside yeah. from that, like the lifestyle content is very real. Like I don't, I don't enjoy con it's just. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just not – I don't enjoy consuming content that is, like, super, super curated. It's just not relatable to me. And so I just, frankly, don't feel inspired by things on Instagram these days. I think that I'm trying to learn the boundary of sharing my life because I like – like, I like sharing. I think I like sharing more than you do. I think we've had this conversation, like, offline. Totally. I enjoy sharing things. I think it's the little like unhinged piece of my personality that like I like totally, doing that. Totally. But yeah. at the same time, I really believe that like it's important for me to keep pieces of myself sacred and I never want myself like to become like a full-blown commodity. And like I, Mm -hmm. we talk, Meadow and I talk about all the time, like a big lesson I learned from my boss when I was working at AD, which she was always say, when the sales team makes me show up for a million things and like, it's like they're pimping me out. She's like, I no longer am valuable because I'm Mm -hmm. everywhere. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you can get access to something everywhere, like what's the value? I don't know. So I've just been thinking about that a lot lately, I think, and like trying to find a nice balance of like, Mm -hmm. I want to share my life. I don't really have an interest in like niching down. I think the way that you're doing it is like perfect because it's what you actually want to be doing and it's valuable. And like, I like Mm -hmm. the way that you've been posting the last like two weeks. I'm like, this is my favorite. Im-. Like, You're, it's, you're my best friend, but I'm like, she's my Thank favorite you.
0: influencer. <laughs> like, it's Thank so entertaining. Gosh. It's and so you know valuable. valuable. I, think, I think what's cool about that, too, is like we, you and I have been listening to people like Skinny Confidential and people that talk about brands and influencing and this kind of work because we've always been interested in it for a long time. And people really do say, you know, niche down, find your niche, start mm-hmm. small, whatever. And you and I have never been drawn mm-hmm. to that per se, but recently it's just, I think the reason why I'm having fun with it now, and I'm glad that it shows is because it, it was so fucking natural. Like it, it wasn't me being like, let me force myself to niche because that's what it'll get. But like, mm-hmm. I never did that because I didn't want to. And now all of a sudden recently I'm like, you know what? It does feel really good to just hone in and only talk about psychology and spirituality and personal development. Like, yeah. And only exclusively sharing on that and not really sharing much else. It feels like, it feels really good. It feels like a healthy boundary. It feels like it's supportive to me. Other people are liking it. People are like engaging with asking me more questions, the DMs, which is fun. Like, but the other, I think who else, who else? I don't know. I can't speak today. I got to finish this tea. I think as someone else whose stories I love that does a good job of this, that's also not necessarily niche, Sophia Kelly sophia kelly does a really good job of at least it seems like posting more than she consumes and two she's really inspired me in her way that you've said working with sophia kelly is spending an hour watching her remove (laughs) her male followers like that has felt like such a safe space so i I feel like i've also been trying to post a lot more for the girls Mm -hmm. and the gays because Mm -hmm. like i don't it just feels better i like it better i like talking about my periods enough so that men stop following me (laughs) i think also you're just like you're
1: Uh. you're I mean you're an adult but like you're adulting like the way that you're doing social media like you're adulting you're having really good boundaries with it you're thank like you. i'm in this phase of my life where like this is sacred this is what i yeah. want to be taught talk- like you this this has grown
0: thank behavior, you thank I you think. so much but i've been really
1: enjoying consuming it also
0: harsh segue this okay. is our
1: last episode of season two.
0: <laughs> oh yeah the, uh, by the way this is the season finale so bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to... But we're coming back sooner than last time.
1: Yeah. Okay, I want to do this. What? I was just to say I want to do this in the beginning because sometimes people okay. don't stay until the end, which like shade, but like not shade, but like shade. So last episode of season two, season three is coming soon. It's coming December, mid-December. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. we are going to be posting consistently on patreon we already post exclusive episodes on patreon that are really fun but so much more tea yeah we're gonna up them to weekly especially like during this hiatus so Mm -hmm. if you don't want to miss our pretty little voices head on over to patreon we also post a full video there too yeah and season three has so many fun things in store so many fun things that are going to be happening on patreon we just really like the model the community safe space access Mm. type of thing that is going on patreon so that's why we're like pushing
0: it a lot the vibes on patreon is just it's immaculate people talk to each other it's cool It's cool. It's the new group chat. Remember, Mm -hmm. okay, people get really confused because we always reference group chat because when we first started, we started a little group chat for people to support each other and build this community. But we didn't realize that Instagram max the amount of people you can have in a group chat. So although that energy is now moved to Patreon and we're kind of creating that same old safe space vibe community friendships over there, there is like an original girl group chat that we call it. So it's it's two different things, but all the energy is now on Patreon. And for the love of God, you were asleep? You were asleep the whole time And the second. This is actually, this is going to be really rough for us because she's been screaming to just hump her toy all day.
1: I mean, get your sister, but like not while we're recording. I wanted to talk to you about the Selena Gomez documentary. That
0: came oh, out. yes. Because I haven't seen it and you have, and I'm dying to hear about it. Okay. I've also seen some shit on TikTok. Right. Which is why I want to talk about it because I have- Okay, good. Good, good, many good. Many a thought. Okay. So- If You Live Under a Rock,
1: Selena Gomez came out with a documentary. I believe it's on HBO – no, it's on Apple TV. And it's all about – they've been documenting it for like, I don't know, like six years. Since like, I think like 2016 or something. Oh, wow. Because they had originally started filming as part – they thought they were going to be doing like a concert movie. And then it like turned into this. Um, Interesting. So that's what's been going on. I have so many thoughts. I think on one side, it is really valuable that – They are showing like this side of her. I think that she has a lot of power and like a large platform. And I think talking openly about being bipolar and her mental health struggles like is extremely valuable and important. That said, it has been so interesting to watch. And this is the narrative on on Instagram and TikTok that I've seen or on TikTok really. It's been so interesting to watch a group of people watch a documentary all about mental health. I saw, I saw, um, I think it's that podcast, Not Skinny Not Fat, that, that influencer that said this. She basically was like, it's so interesting to watch people, watch a documentary about mental health and watch you know, this woman talk about the demise of her mental health and how social media and how public perception has played into it. And now we're sitting here doing the same thing to her friend that's in the documentary that people are like pissed about. And so the whole that's narrative- That's what I've is, seen all the TikToks mm-hmm. about. Yeah, explain so, it to me. The whole narrative has been like, Selena Nudzu new, new friends, this girl Raquel sucks, like she's the worst friend ever, blah, 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 blah. Here's my input.
0: And this is not the friend that donated the kidney or whatever? No. Apparently they're okay. not
1: friends anymore, the girl that donated okay. The, okay. the kidney.
0: Yeah, so,
1: I heard that. Raquel is like her friend that's in everything and she's in her show and whatever. First of all, she was an executive producer on the project, which means- she had input. Second Uh of all, Selena continuously talks about the ups and downs of her mental health. And clearly she has a very small group of people around her. We do not know what it is like to be that person next to her who has to watch her go through all of this and constantly be there to lift her up and be her support system. Like We don't know what this girl is going through in order to support her friend. And like, It's exhausting. I feel like people don't talk about that enough because they don't, they, it's true. They, they feel this guilt around like, well, we're not the ones going through that big of a struggle. But like, we still have mental health. We still have stuff that we're going through and it's taxing and draining to do it. We're not saying we're not going to do it. And it's the same thing that, you know, you always tell me of like, I need to support myself when I'm trying to support someone else. It's like, you put mm-hmm. your mask on first, right? So like, we don't mm-hmm. know what Raquel is going through that like either, you know, has her react that way. We're also seeing a short clip. Like, we don't know the conversation prior that like then made her be passive aggressive. Like we don't- can you,
0: Yeah, can you describe- the energy of her or what people are saying because I saw that narrative on yeah. TikTok. I oh, the only clip that I've seen thus far is them playing We're Not Really Strangers because it's Kimon mm-hmm. and Kareen's game. Our girls and I watched that a little bit and I watched what she had to say and I was like, "That sounds like an valuable. honest friend." Yes, yes, yeah. I, agree. I, I didn't get it, but it was the only clip I've seen. So what what is she saying or what behaviors are the are people picking apart as a, being a bad friend?
1: There's like a scene where she walks in, like Selena's like going through it, like at like a work thing and. Raquel like walks into the room like struts in and like doesn't say mm-hmm. hi to her and just like sits down and Selena like rolls her eyes at the camera and is like hi Raquel and she's like hi Selena like it's very passive aggressive mm-hmm. and then there's like another scene where like they had just come from like a trip in Africa and then they were working in London and then Raquel's telling her like we have so-and-so's birthday dinner like the night we get back and Selena's like well I'm not going to that like I have to shoot a music video the next day like I'm not doing that and she's like oh well like I thought you'd like want to come like she basically was like try- the way that it looks from the outside is like, she's trying to make her feel like, why aren't you coming? But then I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't know either of these fucking people. And like, how many I, times do we have yeah. annoying, passive aggressive, mm-hmm. bitchy conversations with our friends? Like we just Dude, happen to watch one.
0: You and I, I remember very poignantly. And I, I honestly think we've even talked about it on the pod, that conversation we had on your balcony that one night about how it's, and I never, we don't even use this word, how it's fucking insane that people think that they have a right to form an opinion on someone or mm-hmm. know exactly who they are and what their personality is after seeing like a one hour video about no, like it's crazy to me how in the world do we think that we know people enough to like have common discourse about other people's lives it's actually psychotic no like, it's we, we actually don't psychotic them. it's crazy we and don't know
1: them it's really crazy yeah. to me that we exactly what you said attribute so much time and energy to pick apart people that we don't know situations that we don't know like And it's it's not even like in a jokey way. It's like in a genuinely malicious way. So I think that this friend that's getting destroyed is frankly super fucking brave for being an EP on the project and saying, you know what? Keep these clips in where I know I look like a bitch, but I know what actually happened. I know that I'm actually – whatever it was that she was doing, whether she was supporting her friend. Because by the way, people who like struggle with addiction or like, you know, are going up Mm -hmm. and down with their mental health like the way that Selena has – You need people around you who aren't yes men, like, you mm-hmm. need people around you to actually push you and make you better mm-hmm. in the way that she was doing in that scene with the We're Not Really Strangers game. Like, she's pushing her.
0: Yeah. And I, and I want to circle back because you said that at the beginning, too. And it was so validating because I think my entire high school experience, high school was, like, the root of all my trauma. For people that are new here, mm. high school was the root of all my trauma. Like, my younger brother had severe mental health issues. My older brother died by suicide. My mom and dad got diagnosed with cancer in the same month. Then my dad died. Then my grandma died. Like, it was at all. Um, and I. Felt in that entire era that I was like the passenger. Like I wasn't the one shit was happening to, but I was the one directly attached to where all the shit was going down. Like either as the daughter or the sister or the friend, whatever it was. And I I felt very alone in my experience of being like, it's not directly happening to me, it's not mine to speak on, but like I am so greatly affected by this. Mm-hmm. And I felt very alone in that perspective. So I think it's so beautiful that you call that out because to be someone that's so closely enmeshed with someone else with severe mental health challenges, no matter how loving the relationship is, like it is fucking challenging and that doesn't it's make you a bad person to admit that and or it doesn't it make you a bitch Mm-mm. yeah it doesn't make you a bitch for like having perspective and challenging your friends and wanting the best for them because that was the one clip I saw was her being like I think you know what your life your life purpose is and your mm-hmm. life pattern, and what makes you feel good but I don't think you always choose that and I I was like that's such a such a beautiful insight for a friend to be like I watch you sometimes struggle with not being able to choose that and that's why I'm here to help support like you and I would say that to each other in a fucking heartbeat mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if if that was ever going on I, I would count on you and I know I can count on you as my best friend to call me out if I'm doing something and not taking a line to action with like what I believe in or what's best for me right because I know you fucking care about me that deep right like that's especially what I, that's if you're am like looking for in the throes of you know? an episode or whatever it is that you're going through exactly I just exactly. it really
1: frustrated me and like I mean, again, you and I had that conversation on the balcony. I love our listeners and like, you guys are all so supportive and everyone is, no one acts this way, but it's, I find it really interesting. It's a really funny social experiment to like Mm -hmm. watch the way Mm -hmm. in which people get so viscerally either upset or like excited, whatever it is. I understand it's part of the human experience to like be empathetic and whatever, but it is a new level of like, what a waste of your energy. Like, what are, like, why can't you just, like, walk? Like, I I don't, I just don't get it. It must be
0: really hard. It must be really hard to be that greatly affected by people that have nothing to do with you. That must be very, very challenging.
1: Bro, and then also there were, I mean, side note, but there were also so many scenes where, like, she just walks. I mean, Selena Gomez is, like, the most followed person in the world. Like, she Mm -hmm. walks, all the scenes where she just walks outside and it's just immediate screaming like I got anxiety watching it and I was like I just wow. cannot imagine and so then when people are like well you chose this you chose this life like you didn't you weren't you didn't choose to get followed around by a bunch of grown men in their cars you didn't choose to be harassed you didn't choose for people to like invade your personal space and boundaries and you know what like she's swallow her and a bunch of other celebrities they're swallowing that in order to use their platform for good and use mm-hmm. their platform to get out another message or like make mm-hmm. the art that they like to make. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 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 It. I just think we all need to have a little bit more compassion and respect for one another because it was so infuriating to read the comments that I was reading. And also it's just like, ladies, what are we doing here? Like
0: Tearing they're just, they're just pitting us against like each just, other. And like, yeah. for what?
1: Like we're doing it for to ourselves. What? We're doing it to ourselves.
0: How did you feel – Maybe this is part of the conversation or not. How did you feel about the like mental health advocacy and the representation in general?
1: I think that she's made an enormous impact on talking about mental health. Just if you see the way that the narrative has shifted like, I don't know, from like 2018 to now is huge, huge, mm-hmm. I think monumental. What she's doing yeah. with wonder Mind is wonderful. I think, you know, what she did with rare first is wonderful. Like Selena mm-hmm. has done amazing things for the mental health narrative. And I think that this documentary will really inspire so many people because she really fucking shows like those moments where you, you're just like this poor girl and like you feel mm-hmm. you relate to her. And mm-hmm. you're just like, this is mm-hmm. fucking rough. So I, I think overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. I cool. definitely teared. Like, I thought, it was, I thought it was great. I think everybody should watch it.
0: Okay, maybe I'll watch that tonight. It's a nice rainy day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch it. I'm curious to hear fun. your thoughts on it. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I can't wait to unpack that with you. Fine. Anyway, thank you for sure. Should we talk about what happened to you today? <laughs> uh, yeah. I went and I voted. Yay. For the woman's right to choose what she wants to do with her body. Per. That was the most important thing to me on the ballot. Just saying. Mm -hmm. We're allowed to have things that are important to us. I don't like being a single issue voter, but anyway. I went and I voted and then I was walking Mahal over to the car to go on our cute little dog walk as always. And boom, baby, second time in a year and a half that your girl's catalytic converter was stolen. Mm. Most people don't know what that is. Tell them what happened. <laughs> so there's a thing in your car that does something and apparently it has metals in it that are valuable. And so since COVID, certain older cars have been targeted for stealing the catalytic converter because people can basically just like sell them for parts or metals or something and make money on it. And so basically that was my, I've already been through the whole thing. You know, it took like a year and a half to get my car back. My car yeah. has never worked ever since. Like Gabby knows it is ever since I got it back, it breaks down every month because they stole so much wiring. And other things, and they couldn't figure out what was piecing together. And we just finally got, I had like a month of bliss of thinking, like, we finally figured it out. Yeah. And it was stolen again. But, I called the AAA guy. You know, there's like a deductible, but they'll cover it, which is great. Hopefully, I could. I just have to pay out of pocket to like put a cage around it, I guess, so it doesn't get stolen <laughs> again. But I think like a I, like this. Yeah. No, they, it's literally like a giant cage that they like weld on over it so people can't steal it. Good. Michaela has a, a friend that will do it for me. But I basically, like, the second it happened, it was like, well, that adds up. Like I just immediately, sur- I was like, what, what can I do? I just immediately yeah. surrendered to the experience. I was like, whatever. I called AAA and Gus, my guy, Gus, told me that I was the first person he's ever talked to that had a good attitude He said, I have a mental health podcast. <laughs> it made me feel better. Yes, yeah, seriously. But I think one of the reasons why I felt so inclined to just be like, ah, say la vie was because I think I've talked about it before. I'm reading The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer, mm-hmm. and he also wrote The Untethered Soul, which was one of my favorite books for anxiety ever. It was one of, the, one of the first books to kind of articulate separating yourself from the inner voice in your head. Your internal roommate, as I called it, inspired mm-hmm. those blog posts I made for The Local Optimist years ago. It's it's his entire life narrative like since the 80s about how He thought it occurred to him one day in meditation, how wild it is that kind of the concept of co-creation and that we decide to take life and try to force it to fit into our likes and dislikes and what we want for ourselves and the way we see our life going, as opposed to understanding that the universe is so much more knowledgeable than we can be and just kind of surrendering to life's flow, obviously with boundaries and different things in place, but just kind of welcoming opportunities that come to you despite your preferences, just to see what you can make of them. And it literally, as a fucking yogi that hosted Ram Dass and all my favorite people in the world and like lived in the middle of the woods in Florida for years, also grew like a hundred, hundreds of millions of dollar business. Mm-hmm. just by surrendering to the flow of life and just like the different things that can come about when you never expected it and how you, how the universe can dream be even bigger than you ever saw yourself and so it's just really beautiful and so it just made me be like well who's to say who's to say maybe I would have gone in a car accident today if if that's the first was thing working. we said like, to each other you never exactly like I mm-hmm. you and I so believe in that like it's all it's all aligned. It all happens for a reason, even if you don't see the reason now. And I know people really feel that some type of way with that kind of narrative. But for me, it provides a lot of comfort and just being like, I surrender that I don't know everything that's going on. Like, I'm not God. I'm not the universe. I don't know what's up. So who am I to say and have an opinion on? I'm just doing the best with what cards I'm dealt and having a good attitude about it. I
1: love that you just said
0: that. What did I
1: love that you just said? It just came out of your mouth.
0: Yeah. I love that you just said that like,
1: oh, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. We're back. Okay. Okay. Brain was not braining for a second. I love that you said that you're like, and that's just what brings me comfort because I think that sometimes people get so like when they hear us talk and they're like, oh, they're so woo-woo or like people are so woo-woo like, or like people that like, you know, partake in religion and like not the harmful parts of it and whatever. Mm -hmm. why do you care if something brings somebody comfort? If that brings you peace, like if it's fucking placebo, I don't give a shit. It's still making me feel good. Placebo works
0: 99% of the time, babes.
1: Right. Don't knock it till you try it. But like, (laughs) I don't need the answers to the universe. In fact, I don't really want them. So I would love to just let myself feel happy, let myself surrender. And Uh if that's doing nothing for me other than like, you know, self-soothing, then Tis what it is. The
0: same way, the same kind of way that we were talking about this documentary and not knowing friends and who are we to say, like, who am I to judge the way someone finds comfort and moves through something? Like, just because it doesn't bring me comfort doesn't mean it's so not, as you're not hurting anybody. You. Exactly. As long as you're not and hurting anybody. And hopefully not else. hurting yourself. Yeah. I completely yeah. agree. So anyway, that was my perspective on it. So I'm trying to lean in. We'll see. I definitely am going to need a new car eventually. Mm-hmm. Just waiting for the material abundance to come through to do it. Everyone sign up for Patreon so your girl can have a car. <laughs> 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 the Patreon becomes like the GoFundMe for Meadows Car. <laughs> so sad. No, which is like kind of a joke, but kind of not. But anyway, <laughs> but whatever. I'm like, here's my Venmo. Yeah, <laughs> cash app, any sugar debt, dude. I. You know what? Maybe it's because I have been more active on Instagram recently. Have I told you I've gone like a few sugar daddy DMs? (laughs) Welcome to the club, sister. That's fun for you. I well, I know you've been getting them forever, but it was yeah, it was fun for me. I was like, really, what about me posting about burying my period blood in the ground to return the nutrients to the soil (laughs) makes you think that I want to sugar daddy?
1: (laughs) Listen, don't yuck someone's yum, okay? You don't know what they like. (laughs) Maybe they want to help you dig that hole and bury that period blood into the ground it's together. So,
0: honestly, that's kind of the sugar daddy I want.
1: <laughs> I know you want a sugar daddy who's gonna like do witchcraft and like wizardry with you.
0: Oh my god, I would. Da- Someone it with like a Harry this. Potter fetish. Yeah. Oh my god. That'd Hit be Meadows so much DMs. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I guess that's kind of what I'm unpacking. Do you? What are you unpacking?
1: Okay, so I got I did new headshots with Nezrin. We love Nezrin. Yes! Nezrin you did our gorgeous. Did I send them to you?
0: No, I haven't. No, sent but them I to saw you. a little bit of behind the scenes and oh, we all you. saw your Adriana Lima makeup last week.
1: Thank you. Um anyway, I got them back. Nezrin slays every single time.
0: Oh, you have to send them to me.
1: I and the thing is I hesitate to say this because like I'm gonna post some of them. So like, I don't want people to like look at them and be like, oh, this is what she thought. But like this is my own personal thing that I'm going through. I, okay. I just I immediately was like, oh my god, I've gained so much weight. Like that was the first thing Aww. that I noticed, like in my face. I was just like, wow, okay. my face. And like I I think I look pretty. I like the photos. Like sure, 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 great, sure, sure. But I definitely was like, oh, I've gained weight. In my took face. a moment because mm-hmm. like Mike. I mean, I know you know you and I spoke about it. Like new relationship weight. It always happens. Like love, chub. Yeah, like it happens, and like it happened to him, and like it happened to me, and like. We both, you know, individually have been through our own body stuff. So it's been really fun like working Mm. through it together. But yeah, I definitely like noticed it and I was like, "Mm, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to move like through the idea that like I would like to lose a little bit of weight and like I want to be working out more, but I don't really want to change the way I'm eating. I mean, I definitely was like eating a lot of like we were eating out a lot. That's the thing we were eating Mm -hmm. out a lot and I was eating a lot of like sugar Mm-hmm. I've been cooking oh my God, I've a, been lot eating more. a lot of sugar recently. Yeah. I'm and I mean, I'm such a too. sugar whore. And like, that's also a PCOS yeah. thing, which like, by the way, if you have PCOS and didn't know this, like fucks with your insulin levels and like you crave sugar a lot. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that until I read Elizabeth's book. And it I honestly cried when I read it because I was like, yeah. I always felt like I like had a problem. Like I was like, what is going on? But anyway, I'm trying to figure out how I want to approach this step of like, just like, cause like I am healthy. That's the thing. Like I'm mm-hmm. eating well, mm-hmm. like I eat well when I cook and things like that. So, and like, you I do am, work out, you y- exercise yeah, but I've more been, than me. Yeah, but I haven't been, and like I don't. I'm not like a big like walker. Like you walk every day with Mahal. You walk like at That's least a, like two miles every day. With I Mahal. walk a lot. I yeah. don't like. I'm a lazy bitch. So I and I haven't been working out the way that I normally do. So how do you feel in your body? Not great. That's the thing is like, I don't feel Mm. great. Like I feel tired. I feel sluggish. Like sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like acutely aware of like body parts. Like if that sounds weird, like I'll be like, Mm. Oh, like this feels heavy or like this feels like Mm -hmm. almost like sore without doing anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You feel just like
1: tender. I don't know. It's just, I don't feel great. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out it's the first time that I've like, not that I felt this way, obviously, but that I've felt this way being in the healthy mindset of like, I'm not going to exactly change I gonna say. like I'm not going to start super dieting or whatever but I, mm-hmm. I like I do want to lose weight so I'm just trying to figure out like without falling into like my old ways of like being super fucking toxic around like controlling food and like mm-hmm. you know excessive mm-hmm. working out and all that sort of stuff so I don't know I'm just trying to like or maybe move through. maybe
0: it'd be helpful to like shift the goal from I want to lose weight to I want to wake up and feel more embodied and feel more empowered in my body rather than wake up and feeling sore and whatever. Or like, I want to look better at my clothes or I want, I want my job. Like maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe we can like reframe just from the concept of like, oh, I need to be smaller, you know, Mm -hmm. to something a little bit that feels a little bit more aligned. Cause then I think doing all the habits and getting back into the patterns is the hardest part. And it, it's almost easier to do that with a gentler or nicer perspective on the goal than just like, oh, I should lose weight.
1: It's honestly so true and like I try and do that because especially when like I'm just thinking about like how I was like in college or something or like in high school if I had like a trip or like a party or like whatever. I would like crash diet and do all these things and then the goal was always like be smaller, be smaller, be smaller, like be mm-hmm. as skinny as you can be. Mm-hmm. That mentality was so fucked because then it was like when it was done then I was like oh now I can like binge or now I can do whatever because like that was mm-hmm. the goal I accomplished it. Whereas like now my goal is like I just want to feel good. Exactly. So that I think is like a more sustainable way of living because it's like why would you not want to feel good so like if i just get into the routine and then like remember like how this makes me feel yeah. then like you know i won't fall out of it as frequently that's at least my goal
0: yeah absolutely i totally hear you though it's interesting when you're Cause I went through that too, when I first got with Aaron and I gained the love chub and then wanted to be healthier Mm -hmm. again. And it was kind of the same thing. It was like my first time as an adult being in such a healthier and happier mind space, but being like, Oh, okay. Like my body doesn't feel good. I do need to make some changes again, but it's the first time I'm approaching it healthfully. Like, what does this look like? What does this feel like? Yada, yada, yada. I think you're, I mean, obviously you're doing all the right things and like taking it slowly and, you know, rewriting the way you're like everything you just said. It's an interesting space to be in. I'll say that for sure. And I'll also, even Maddie, when she was here this weekend, we were talking about how Maddie and I like to talk about how no one shares with women that, you know, you're going to go through a second puberty and a third and mm-hmm. a fourth, and then you get older. And like my mom talks about like, oh, you know, when you're young, you think like, I need to be smaller. I'm gaining weight because I'm in college. But then when you're older, you're like, oh, those full cheeks, like my mm-hmm. my face hollows out. Like our bodies just change so, so much. So yeah. just- Learning to find a rhythm with them and ebb and flow and and lean into routines or ease up on routines based on where you're on in life and what feels good. Like it's so much more pronounced and more weighted, and you have to be so much more thoughtful when you have a past of disordered eating or mm-hmm. binge dieting or chronically working out or just like a lot of self-hate, which I know both you and I have gone through a lot. So it's it'll be it'll be an interesting time. Definitely take it slow. Definitely be gentle with yourself. I mean, obviously, you know that you see it in yourself more than anyone else would. Right. Like, I don't think one person is going to look at that photo of you and see it. But that's also not helpful if you're the one that doesn't feel good. You know right, what I mean? that's so the just thing.
1: Like- because, like, you and Aaron have such a sweet and special relationship. Like, how was that for you when you like made that decision to switch? Like, was he supportive of you? Did you even have the conversation with him? Like. For people listening who like maybe, I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, we both talk about it constantly. What's interesting is we both did it at different times. Like I think I did it first. And the thing that genuinely made the biggest switch for me was Alyssa Vitti's book. Mm -hmm. It was like that time when I started cycle syncing and living with my cycle. And like that wasn't a concept to me. And I was intermittent fasting and doing (sighs) lots of HIIT workouts and all this shit. And I So what's interesting is like coming back to something that felt good and looking better in my body and feeling better in my body meant eating whatever the fuck I wanted and stopping working out. Like for me, I was I mm. was doing the opposite way, but holding on to a lot of weight because of it. But and then, and then I kind of like leaned into that and got lax and found my own little groove for a little bit. And then he started running a lot and was losing weight a lot really quickly and then stopped. Like we both kind of gone back and forth and we're both supportive of each other in it. I think I nag him, to be quite honest, a lot more about like his sugar t- intake and his health then he nags me because one, I'm the one that like makes meals at home. I cook mm-hmm. for us because it's my favorite thing to do and I'm a better cook. So I'm the one that nags him more, but also because every fucking member of his family on both sides has diabetes mm-hmm. and mine doesn't. Okay. So for me, it's more like, I know we have diabetes. I know there's like a history of heart health mm-hmm. issues in your family. Like, so I want you to be around for a very long time. Like, so I know I nag him more about it, but I also have never... Um, I don't know. I still try to be so loving and accepting. And I know he'll do it on his own time in whatever way feels good to him. And it's his body, not mine. And like I love the person inside of it. I don't care what it looks like. Right. To be honest. I just want him to be healthy so he's around for a very long time. So I think we're both open about it. We both communicate our goals and when then we'll try to like help support each other with our goals, whether that looks like, you know, me prepping breakfast for him so he can go work out when he wakes up at fucking four in the morning every morning or whatever it is. But yeah, man, it's so different. And I also think it's interesting to discuss with your partner, especially if your partners of the opposite sex, because what you want to do in order to feel better in your body might be like extremely different, like the meals you prep and what you want to eat and when, like for me and Aaron, it ended up being like having more meals apart because I wanted to eat so differently than him and what made me feel good and whatever. I whatever. would so love,
1: just... I'm glad you said that because I would love to have this conversation with like, just like anyone, like in a queer relationship, because- Mm-hmm. I was, th- I love that you said that because I was literally thinking about it this weekend. So, my boyfriend and I went to go get food the other day and we were like waiting outside for our table to be ready. And we were, I was like leaning up against him and he was like holding me and like, you know, like grabbing certain parts of my body, whatever. And, as much as, and I want to talk about this later because it leads into something else of like, as much as I've never been in a relationship where someone makes me feel this fucking good inside of my body. And like, I've let that man squeeze parts of my body that like, I've never thought I would like let someone squeeze like it, like he can, you know, like I feel very safe, but I still sometimes Mm -hmm. like I'll clench or I'll like, I'll tighten Mm -hmm. or like he grabs a piece of my stomach and like I'll, I'll flex. Like, I still have those reactions Mm -hmm. and there was a lesbian couple next to us hugging the same way that we were and it literally that exact fucking thing went through my brain. I was like I wonder if she clenches. I wonder if she clenches Mm -hmm. her stomach when her girlfriend touches her stomach because Mm -hmm. I wonder and I would love to hear from you guys if you're in same-sex relationships if that is like a different type of thing for you guys where like because you have the exact same body parts or like Mm -hmm. you have the exact same like like women like we just hold more fat like whether or not you choose Mm -hmm. to have children, like your body is built to bear children. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have more fat. So you're able to fucking do that. I don't know. I'm rambling about it, but like, I love that you said that because I was literally just fucking thinking about this. I was like, I wonder if they feel more comfortable.
0: I'm trying to think of past experiences because I haven't dated women, but I've had sexual experiences with women. I don't know. I think it's like, I I think at least for me in my head, it was like, if I was insecure or self-aware, I'm going to be doing the same reactions, but I also see what you mean in terms of like, maybe it'd be easier to lean into that healing and let that go when someone's like, no, I get it too. Understands that all fucking labias look different. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, that like basic understanding of like, yes, obviously everyone's nipples look at like just, just different understanding of the same. And that's a very interesting point. We should absolutely talk to someone about that. Yeah. A queer nutritionist? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Are you happy?
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was, just, I was just thinking about that. We wanted to do like an audience question to like wrap this up. And it kind of ties into what we were saying now about Meadow and I having partners who like make us feel really good and beautiful in our, in our bodies. Um, which by the way, oh, this was something else that I wanted to share with you because this was a big issue in my last relationship and I feel like you're going to be proud of me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Both of the people... My ex-boyfriend and my current boyfriend are both athletes. We can all laugh. Ha, ha Whatever. The point is. <laughs> the point is that in my last relationship, I felt, like whether or not the man was doing it intentionally or not, like this isn't a taking a shit on him session. I, I felt like he would like shame me a lot in like the way that I would work I out. Like he would think that like Plotties yes. was like not a workout. Uh-huh. Like, and you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And like we would do a hike together and like we'd get to the top of the hike and he'd be like, all right, like now do sit-ups and do push-ups and do like all – like do squats, like do all these things. And like mm-hmm. none of it was enjoyable. Like we worked out together like once and like I, we got into a fight. Like I felt so mm-hmm. – he told me that if I started working out with his trainer, my body would be insane. Like it was just – do you know what I mean? I,
0: I remember. Yeah. Uh uh-huh, So uh-huh. it was
1: like really fucking triggering for me. Like I'm now dating someone who like looks like he's like sculpted by the gods. Like he's not only yeah. a beautiful man, but like his body's fucking insane. And he takes a lot of pride in that in the fact that like, he likes to feel good. He also had body struggles and like, I hope he doesn't mind that I'm sharing mm-hmm. that. Like, when he was younger, like he went through, because men also go through body stuff. Hell yeah.
0: Um, Hell yeah. Aaron has, Aaron, I know he is comfortable with me mm-hmm. sharing this. Aaron, because he talks about all the time, literally has never felt stable. Like he's yeah. like, I'm either so fucking ripped and on it and skinny and so regimented or I'm just big and I've just gone like this. Mm-hmm. Like every other time my friends would not see me for a while, I would be one or the other, one or the other, one or the mm-hmm. other. Like he talks about like yeah. even men struggle so... with like finding that balance and consistency. Anyway. Continue. Especially
1: when they have the expectation that like we think like, oh, they can lose weight so much faster. And then if they don't, like then there's that whole shame placed upon them. No, for sure. Ooh, but anyway, I mean, the point totally. is that like he makes me like my current boyfriend, like just makes me feel all of the things that I was insecure about before me even say anything about them, like he would point them out of like, I'm obsessed with this. Like I'm obsessed. I love this. And he wasn't doing it in a way where it was like, like he genuinely means it. Like, it's not like I like
0: pointed it out and he's like trying to make me feel good. And he doesn't know. Exactly. He doesn't know which one is your your, your trigger spot or whatever. So the thing
1: that I'm like working through is like, we talked about it the other day and I like feel like we're actually going to end up working out together soon which like <gasps> doesn't sound like a big deal but it's a really big deal for me because like and he told it me is a really he big was deal. like I haven't brought it up because I know what happened with your ex and like I just don't <laughs> I just don't want to trigger you. Yeah. And I was like no no yeah. no I think I like I just love doing shit with him and I feel like it would actually be I would love it. Like I think it'd be so fun.
0: I think you guys would have so much fun. Also
1: like we went on our first hike together and like it it did make me feel a lot better because like he plays baseball and he's a pitcher so like obviously he's really in shape but like man's you know like you're standing still you're standing <laughs>
0: when you texted me that Aaron and I were laughing so fucking hard because we also went on a hike last uh-huh. weekend you you were like oh yeah he's a pitcher so you know <laughs> we walked from the parking lot to the bottom of the hill and he was like all right time to go we were laughing so no it hard. made me
1: so happy that like a fucking homeboy was just as winded as I was like we were both like <gasps> well, it was amazing It made me so happy. And he loves Pilates. Loves Pilates. He's been to Pilates
0: with you and loves Pilates. I'm trying to get Aaron – You know, I've taken two reformer classes and it's my entire personality now. And I'm trying to get Aaron to come with me now. Yeah, Meadow – Guys, Meadow is officially a reformer. A reformer lady. This is why it's fun. For anyone like me that has always worked out at home with YouTube because it's free and why would anyone pay for a gym? Let me tell you, (laughs) when you're slipping and sliding up on a machine, it keeps, it goes by, like when I work out at home, I feel like I work out for 20 minutes and I'm like, it's been ages. I'm so fucking over it. Yeah. It's like 45 minutes. Fucking flies by because I'm playing. I'm playing on a machine that's like moving and grooving and doing different things. And there's people like it makes it go by so much faster. It's so much fun. And I just have to tell you really quick, slight tangent because I went to my second one on Sunday. Gabby, this lady must have been in her at least in her seventies. Okay, okay. The instructor kicked my fucking. I was laughing so hard in the class. I thought it was inappropriate because I was laughing out loud so hard. The speed at which this chick moved from like thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to to take like it was so quick. And my friend that I go with was like, what's nice is once you start going, it's this it's almost like yoga, like it's the same flow every time. So once you know her moves, you know what to expect. But I was like, I have barely been on a reformer in my life. And she is (laughs) like, I was laughing in the class because I was like.
1: I can't keep up. with Also, you. if she's <laughs> older, if she's older, then she definitely is like OG. So it's like the old school way of doing it, which is like really, really precise and really hard. Like they're not getting
0: funky, and it was so fast. And we were like, it was my first time standing up on Scary the reformer and having one foot and moving the other foot Scary with the. Place with, to and be. then like I was just crying. And I she came up to me afterwards, and I was like, Lynn, you kicked my Lynn! ass. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn. And she was like, oh no, it was so funny. Lynn. Wow. Oh, it was so much fun. But so I'm definitely not taking Erin to that one. I'll start with my other girl. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe start with like a mat. Calmer and easier. Like I've been doing I'm no, over I, I don't like, I didn't,
1: I just didn't like really? what it did to my, I didn't like how my body reacted to it. And I frankly, like didn't okay. enjoy the class. Like I just, I never, I, I always found that like Yes, you can modify, but my experience was like then I just am either not doing enough or I'm do- or I'm overextending because reform is one of those things where like if you're not okay. doing it you're gonna fall so like
0: you better figure well, it out. I think I think that's why I like it because all of my classical ballet training comes back so I know exactly how to hold my body and mm-hmm. what it should feel like. And I also feel like they do less reps than if I'm on a mat. Like if I'm on a mat, I'm, my fucking legs are doing circles for hours. Whereas yeah. like, I feel like we do five reps on each side and move to a different type of X. Ex- mm-hmm. Like I'm still getting exhausted. I was still very sore. No, but it's, I don't know. Something working, about it just is working for no, me. No, on the reformer,
1: you're working little muscles. You wake up in pla- sore in places that you didn't even know you had on your body. Yeah,
0: that that happened to me. Mm-hmm. That happened to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, that was a very long tangent what we were talking about. Our great boyfriends. Our listener. Oh, but our listeners. Our great boyfriends and our listener questions. Okay, so
1: we got one listener question. Do you want to explain what it was?
0: Yeah, it was basically about how, I think just following up with the Sex with Emily episode, it was someone asking about how they come from a culture that is not sexually open whatsoever and they've tried to have experiences speaking it was a a woman and they try to have experiences like talking with their mom about bodies and sex and this and that and it's always so dismissed to the point where they internalize a lot of shame and then when dating opportunities Mm -hmm. come up or someone wants to sleep with them, it's like hard for them to kind of like own that power and own that sexuality and lean into it and and escape the shame that follows them from cultural and familial expectations, especially when it comes to how different people's body look. Just like all the nuance and nooks and crannies that people don't really discuss in sex mm-hmm. and, it, and it makes them less open or less confident in communicating with partners because of it. Right. Thoughts.
1: So, initial thought when Meadow said this to me, and she told me the question before we started recording, and I was like, I don't know if this is like aggressive or mean. And she was like, No, I think the same thing. So, I feel good about it. Let me bring out my little notes. Okay. I think it's really unfortunate when our families and people that we love and look up to and respect don't hold space for us the way that we want them to. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really unfortunate when, like, they don't think the same way that we do. Mm -hmm. That said, Mm -hmm. I think if you're an adult, you know, you're out of the house, whatever. We shouldn't be in the business of trying to change people. I think it's such a waste of energy. And I understand how that can sound really... like I can see the irony in it because of what I do for a living, what Meta does for a living. I see it, but I'm not trying to sit here and argue with someone whose mind is never going to change. I would like to be an expander and provide Mm -hmm. other perspectives and points of view to hopefully expand your view. But I am not in the business of changing you. I don't have the energy. There's much more valuable things that I could be doing with it. The ROI just doesn't make sense to me. Yep. You know, yep. I'm working through the same. I'm saying this with such direct harshness because I am working through this exact thing with my parents right now and with my family right now. So I mm-hmm. hear you. It's fucking infuriating and frustrating. Mm-hmm. If I were you, I would focus less on, you know, working through that conversation with Mom, like the way that you know she has mm-hmm. been because she mm-hmm. is an adult. Mm-hmm. and like we know that about her. And I would focus more on like on learning and moving through the shame mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to then mm-hmm. how that shows up in your present life with current partners, mm-hmm. which the sex with Emily episode does talk a lot about like moving through shame, sex after any sort of mm-hmm. trauma. Et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, which I can speak to. And communication more. tips. And communication tips as well. I think that episode mm-hmm. was super fucking helpful. And by the way, I think for people listening who like don't even know where to start, it's a really valuable episode because Emily lays out really tangible, like actual, actionable tips where like if you're uncomfortable creating your own verbiage, like she sort of lays it out for you, which I think is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so I can speak more on the how to move through that, but I wanted to hear your opinion on yeah. the family thing.
0: I I love everything you said so much and I I think it's a different subject. It's not about sex, but when it comes to like giving people a little insight onto how that perspective has worked for us, this happened to me literally yesterday. So I, since moving back to San Diego and being closer to my mom, have you know, gotten a lot closer to my mom emotionally too. Mm-hmm. And she is someone who we like really see eye to eye on a lot of things and then are exact fucking opposites about a lot yeah. of things. And I think for a long time in becoming an adult, and especially when you like lose one parent and then have to just lean on another, like I really wanted my relationship with her to look a certain way. And I wanted her to like see my side of things. And I wanted, I was always in college. I was very fucking harsh about my perspectives and wanted to fight about them and wanted her to see my way and whatever. And since moving back and being closer with her, I've, really relinquished that and I've just been like you know what like she is who she is like I just want to have a relationship with her and enjoy my time and I've Mm -hmm. focused less on changing her like you said and last night for the first time in my entire life when it comes to a subject that it's not sex but it's a subject between us that I know for a fact she's never once been honest with me about and we've we're open about how she like hides shit from me does not talk to me about it like we have huge boundaries about it it's one of our biggest issues as a family not like An issue between us, but it's like a big um, core wound for everyone involved. Whatever, and and something happened with that yesterday, and we were speaking to it a little bit. And she was like, "Well, I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to tell. Can I tell you something? It's a secret. Something I haven't told anyone." And she told me basically like a dilemma she's having with like a decision she's making in this area and just kind of left it at that. And I was so I told I hung up and told Aaron, I was like, that's the first time my mom's ever been honest with me at this capacity. Mm. And it was so cool because I have I feel so strongly (laughs) that she should take a certain course of action. Like, so it is so fucking clear to me what the right answer is. And you know what I did? I went, well, you know, I think a more extreme version than you when it comes to this, but like, thank you for sharing with me. Like, I'm glad that's not my issue to deal with. <laughs> that's all I could say. Yeah. Like, I literally said that to her. I said, thanks for sharing with me. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision, but you know, here to talk it out. If you want to know my vote, call me back. Like, I I didn't even say anything to do with it because I was so fucking stoked that we've gone into, into a place where like that level of honesty, I've never seen before. Mm. And I would much prefer accepting her for who she is and working with the constraints of our relationship to have an honest and open one than to have some sort of subject be blocked off. Oh, that is such And a it good made point. me feel so good. It made me feel so much closer to her. It made me so much more excited. And quite frankly, to be manipulative about it, the way to like really expand in the way that you're saying, mm-hmm. rather than change people's minds, but really expand people to like other ways of thinking and growing is when you like approach with a lot more kindness. Mm -hmm. and a lot slower it's the long con so I'm like if I really care about her and you know want her to be the best for herself whether that looks like some way I agree with or not like all I can do is be supportive and thankful for the space that she shares with me and thank thank her for the communication and like call today she can watch what decisions I make I can watch hers and it's been really nice
1: it's been really happy I mean it's been really happy I've been really happy watching your relationship with your mom flourish the way that it has lately
0: You've seen it change a lot. Yeah, I've seen it. It, change it a has lot. been a lot the past couple of years yeah. too, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: you made such a good point. It really this is, is really cool. a long con. And I love when Meadow shows her manipulative people-pleasing side. <laughs> because it's so true. It is a long con. Mm-hmm. And like you all know, I I did it in dating. My favorite thing to do is to make people think something was their decision. Like it's hilarious. Oh my to god. Me. I feel like it's a it's fucking so sport fun. and I win yeah. every time. And yeah. So if you have any questions about that in the future of like how to get someone to ask you out and they think it's their idea. <laughs> how I to manipulate someone to thinking so it's many their idea to ask me. you out. Hmm? But you like, can write the book. We were planning it. When Taylor Swift came out with right. that song, Mastermind, and all those girls on TikTok started making videos to it, showing their experience of how like they got their boyfriends. I was like, yes, sister, you are not alone. Oh my God. That's so funny. But yeah, you're approaching it with kindness because then people are going to hear you. Even if they don't think they're listening, they're going to hear you. And if you're just chipping it away, I do with right. my sister all the time. I do my sister all the time. I'll say something like to her. Like sculpting a gorgeous. I will do, say do, 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 a quick do, 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 do. little pass to her, like comment to uh-huh. her. A year later, sure. she'll call me. Oh, I just did this, this, and this. And I'm like, no way. That's amazing. Wow. Where'd you get that idea? Yep. Told you a year ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For it's sure. Fun.
0: Anyway, I so I think, yeah, I think that's a good thing to take with mom. Do you want to say one or two of your favorite tips of, um, overcoming shame to like empower your sexuality? Yeah, I think I to be honest, okay. I don't think
1: I've ever talked about it this way on here. I am a very mm. sexual person. Like I'm a very sexually inclined human. I've always been that way since I was a teenager. Because of that, I've always been really curious about my body and like things like that. The the process that I have gone through in the last year after that breakup mm-hmm. which is so interesting because it was so not traumatizing <laughs> that really you know what mm-hmm. i mean compared mm-hmm. to like my mm-hmm. previous relationship like there was sex stuff with there that i had to work through and that i am still working through um but that didn't have anything to do with my body that had to do with like or sorry Dynamics. it had to yes it had to do with my body in the sense of like i felt like my body was not mine um mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But in this previous relationship, it had to do with like physically what I looked like and felt like. Mm
0: -hmm. So Mm
1: -hmm. if it's more so from that perspective, like it's a lot of it has been getting to know myself more and like – becoming more curious with my own body and like looking in the mirror and like lifting things and looking and being like, oh, that's there. And mm-hmm. like, who knew? Mm-hmm. So like getting to know, I would really start there of just like getting to know and getting really comfortable with yourself. And then from there, like if you're moving into like partner play and like bringing in somebody else into your little sacred space that you've created for yourself, I think it's really about being really selective with, and this is not me telling you like not to go fuck a bunch of people. If you want to fuck a bunch of people, fuck a bunch of people. Fuck a bunch of people who like you know that you're aligned with you yes of the situation like just it's like it's your sacred temple like don't bring someone in Mm -hmm. who is going to infiltrate it and bring you negative
0: shit there's an energetic exchange with sex and that's sure that's undeniable yes and like like sleep with whoever you want and you don't need a relationship with them but make mm -hmm. sure they're aligned in Mm -hmm. terms of yeah yeah sacred temple keep going and
1: and the other thing i'll say about it because i want to hear your perspective on this a lot um I really feel strongly about what I just said about like bringing people, the right people in. Yes. But on top of that, if you want to look at it from like a mind game sort of way, because like we love to do that as well, there is nothing hotter than someone who is super fucking confident in their body. And Mm. there have been times where like I, you know, had gained a little bit of weight or I was whatever in this past year and I was having sex with someone. And I guarantee you that every single person that I had sex with in the past year, each one of them told me like, it is so hot, how confident you are in your body. Like that phrase. Oh, I, I remember hearing that from everyone on the roster. So all of the things that I could have been insecure about, this, the extra thing here, the squeeze there, what does this look like at that angle? Like they're not paying attention to that because mm-hmm. they are just too focused on how hot you are. And exactly. I know who asked this question, you're fucking hot. So like. Exactly. I don't know I, I you fake it till you make it in that way too we're like no yeah. one is noticing the little random things that you're noticing and by the way if they do fuck the hell like like yeah. said it's an energetic they're exchange. not your, yeah
0: and that's why I like doing some good filtering for that energetic exchange before they make it to your bedroom can help minimize that process um I so agree with everything you said. Like, I think I grew up, speaking of my mom, I grew up with a mother that was like, you take the hand mirror and you check out every one of those holes, mm-hmm. look at your labia, look at your clit, like find out where everything, like women that have not stared at themselves in the hand mirror, I, baby, yeah. I want you to put this on pause. Go this, right don't now. Don't even finish the fucking podcast. Go right yeah. now. Like it is take important. Mm-hmm. It's important. And it's important because everybody looks different. Mm-hmm. And vaginas are like flowers. I have been out at a bar with a girlfriend whose name I won't say, but I don't think she would care. And we peed in front of each other. I was raised in a naked family. So I'm very <laughs> open. Gabby can tell you I'm naked in front of everybody. Like, look at the way she laughs. Like, yeah. what am I ever not naked walking yeah. around your house? Yeah, 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 yeah I was yeah, raised yeah. in a naked family and I was peeing with a girlfriend at a bar once. And she was, she literally looked at me and she goes, spread your lips. And she was like, not these lips, like spread them. Like, why does your clit look like that? Why does your lady look like that? That's so cute. Mine looks like this. Like everyone's looks different and that's what's cool and that's what's fun and that's what's interesting. But I think if you're from a culture and community that's not open in talking about that, the way that we expand is by finding other people that do. Mm-hmm. And to bring it full circle, when you were talking about Instagram and follows that you really like, one of my favorite people to follow is Taylor Giovasis. Oh, she's I love great. Her, yeah, love her so much. I bought my rugs from her. Thank you so much, Taylor, if you're watching. Um, but she runs a different account. Fuck, 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 fuck. What is it called? Look at all bodies? Purple? Yeah, natural, all bodies or something like that. She runs an account that's basically showing cellulite and this and that. Like there's so many Instagram accounts the that, Naked that talk about this. The Naked Diaries. Wow. There's so many different Instagram accounts that talk- what happened?
1: What? I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Oh, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What was I saying? I don't know, because I got scared. Taylor is account. Oh, yeah.
0: Sorry um, for everyone. We just had another technical. The technical difficulties recently. We're going to wrap it up I- soon. We're going to wrap it up anyway. All I was saying was another way to expand your brain rather than focusing on changing the parents or the people in your life that aren't necessarily willing to have these conversations right now. Tap into communities that will like check mm-hmm. in with the fucking TMV squad. Go on Patreon and talk about yeah. it. Go look at Taylor Giovasis's account. Like find people online that really makes me. It, it helped me find a lot of comfort speaking mm. to friends and just like seeing different accounts talk about it too, or YouTube channels, or honestly watching birth vlogs. Like once you start hearing like what yes, once you start watching birth I'm vlogs so and like hearing about the process, right dude, the mom content. First of all, I've always been on mommy content. I'm obsessed. Second of all, you like, I think it's genuinely helped me because obviously neither of us have been pregnant before. I Mm -hmm. think it's genuinely helped me like respect and love my body in a different way. Because you watch these women like go through the same struggles we do have a kid and then be like, my body is so fucking amazing and what it can do. Like, I'm so sad that I ever had this perspective. And Mm -hmm. simply watching that click for other people in a very extreme way can really give some insight to you. In the same way, the fucking surrender experiment had me surrender to my catalytic converter getting stolen. Like, You don't have to go through something yourself to get a lesson from it. I have an idea. Tell me. To wrap
1: this episode up, while we're gone on the hiatus, obviously the content will be on Patreon, but why don't we share some of our favorite people on the internet for people to go binge? (gasps) I
0: love that. Okay, but I didn't come prepared. So
1: can I look? Yeah. Should I start? Because I have people top of mind. Because I told you, everyone's frustrating me on the internet. Are we talking a handful of people?
0: I'm on YouTube or Instagram? Both. Or TikTok. Oh my, god,
1: oh, my god, three, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I don't have TikToks. I mean
0: Yeah, I don't really have a lot of people. Okay, Sophia Kelly. I have Taylor a couple. Have a couple. Okay.
1: Lexi. Lexi okay, Lombard's so her list. YouTube. Make a list. Okay, sorry, 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 I'll start. Okay. It. Okay. Lexi Lombard, we can both get behind yeah. at Lexi has YouTube, Instagram, podcast, all the things. We love yeah. Lexi.
0: Meadow yeah. and I big
1: it's Blitz fans.
0: Oh my god. Don't, I've been watching Julia? all of your mommy content now. I have been too. Julia, Please I love you more than life itself. Your ASMR has put me to sleep and cured my anxiety more times than because I can tell you. Her mommy content. Her mommy content can't handle.
1: She has such strong arms. Have you ever noticed in her vlog she doesn't put her camera down?
0: Yeah, she does have very strong arms. That's smart. I okay. didn't think about we that. We love
1: its Blitz. Uh huh. We love Taylor.
0: We love Taylor Gervais. Yes,
1: we ah, uh, we, we love Desi Perkins.
0: Oh, we love. If I could like become Perkins.
1: another human being, like Desi. Sorry, like taking your skin and you. like, becoming you. It's you. I'm obsessed with you and your little family fellow latina i think the fact that her child is running around their house screaming puta madre is the funniest thing i've ever heard in my entire life i haven't seen that yet i said my boyfriend so the videos every single day
0: leor alexandra uh for spirituality content while you miss me yep, love you sent me her stuff. that's on youtube she's her, on youtube i'm looking
1: at i have our bucket list up here on the wall so i'm like looking at it oh do you
0: who do we dear. love moya moya mawini her vlogs are a absolute work of art she's friends with our good friend Sophia kelly Moya, your also vlogs. Sophia are working Kelly. <laughs> duh. Well, duh. Sophie Kelly, Kelly,
1: we love. Okay. We had a hot take, not a hot take, but like interesting. We love Colleen Ballinger now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's how we feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not um in the same style of performance that she's in, but the vlogs and the mommy content, sign us up. I'll take it.
1: Um who else?
0: I mean, to be quite honest, my comfort YouTube is it's Judy's time because I've literally been watching her since two thousand eight. I watched. I've she's she's watched. been daily vlogging dead ass since she got engaged in two thousand eight, and I remember. And now they have five daughters. Holy shit! And they're just really cool. Like they, um, I don't know, they're just a very cool down to earth oh, family. They clearly make multi millions, like seven yeah. figures, on YouTube because they talk about it in their book, and they still live in the same house, like. Barely buy five dollar creamer. Like I just think there's someone that's so cool that are so unaffected by influencer life, yet are some of the like longest standing video influencers that I've ever heard of. Tell me, who do you think? Of? Okay, I have I have people. I think I've talked to you about them, and I have such commentary. I can't remember.
1: Oh, I found them because I think Megan Rinks had like set mentioned I don't know them one that time. Is. Um, okay, it doesn't matter. Okay, I love them. They're like the go- the Gilmore Girls of the fucking internet, Jenica and Annika. Find them on YouTube. They live like right outside of Nashville. They're like very southern Ew. Tennessee girls. And it's a mother-daughter duo. Okay. The mom had her when she was like 13. Wow. So, and her daughter is like 16 years old. Okay. So it's their dynamic and it's their like vlogging, and they're so fucking cute. And like their, are their dynamic is so adorable. And they're so- I don't just know so, them. Like, I'm so excited to watch. They're so I say this with so much love, but they're just like two basic white girls. That's like, it's so entertaining to watch. And like, I mean it in like a really wholesome totally, way. Like, totally. like, they're really like, they're so fucking excited. It's like pumpkin spice latte season. Like they're like first in line at Starbucks. yeah, And like, they're so excited about yeah. it. And like, yeah. I just love the excitement. Also like YouTube just became Jenica the mom's full-time job. Wow. And like they, like we've watched them like, Like she had her daughter at thirteen years old. They came from like a normal family, you know. Mm -hmm. Like she's been working her ass off, living in like this apartment with her daughter, like trying to provide for her daughter. And like it's been really cool to see, ah. like the exact like I watch, I watch all of their ads. I'm like, take my take my money, Jenica. Like they're that family that like you want to see win, and it's so wholesome. And like they go to New York together for the weekend. Like everything is so exciting. And like sometimes, like people just have become, uh, myself included, have become so cynical. Like It's fun to be cringe. Like It's funny. Okay, I wait, love it. I've and so been, they're just wholesome fucking comments.
0: I've been wanting to talk about this on the pot for so long and we're not going to because this episode is already long. But Riley Nelson and I, one of my best friends, Riley, we have had a conversation about how growing up is realizing that being a simp is so much fun. Like being cringe, it's being so a fun. simp, being a fan of something, being too excited about something because it's not cool. Like it is so much fun. It is life's biggest joy. Like, don't let anyone yuck your yum. Yeah. if they do, we're unconcerned. Their opinion doesn't affect us anyway. We're like, let them throw and project whatever judgment they want on us because I'm not embodying it. Who cares? You can think whatever you want about me. It ain't my business. It is so much fun to romanticize the mundane and just be so happy about the little things. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to go binge their content no you're gonna freak
1: out they're so fun oh, so oh my excited. god i have them in the background all the time we should send them a hat because <gasps> Jenica the mom wears so many chugger hats we should send them a shut hat. up okay let's do I it i think they'd like they'd be like i mean they get so much stuff but i feel like they're like they're always like excited like it's like fun
0: let's send them one i would love to <laughs> maybe, maybe
1: we'll have them on the podcast if anybody else loves them like and then everyone else. It's very us, off brand for me.
0: Is it? I'm so excited. I mean, it sounds it's like it's still off brand for me. Yeah. I'm
1: excited for you to watch it. It makes me just happy. Look how I'm smiling. I'm yeah. talking about these two girls. I'm like, ah, I love oh, them. They're so cute. I They're
0: can't so cute. wait. Well, everyone let us know yeah. what other people that you like to follow. Anyone that you want on yeah. for season three, let me know what YouTube videos I should film. If mm-hmm. I start doing that, I think you should, because by the way, I think you should. I what don't... happened to your YouTube channel? I loved your YouTube. <sighs> Sorry, I interrupted. Thank you. you. I
1: don't know. It was just too personal. But yeah. No, but I think that you should because um, the content that you're going to be, first of all, you are so good at editing and you love doing it. It like I eats really your soul, do. A. B, w- you've talked about this where like you've had people tell you, like, oh, but like people aren't consuming that. The people that like you're trying to reach do, wouldn't they be consuming the type of content that you're consuming? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you watch YouTube all the time. That's you true. have your YouTube people that you watch all YouTube the time. YouTube has been like you're not my just be friend. Doing- <laughs> for so long that's so sad bitch yeah I think you should do it I think everyone um go flood her dms with why meadow should bring back the youtube channel
0: follow me on youtube I I archived all my old videos because speaking of being cringe I was like oh my god my old videos are so cringe so I archived them but I also was when I was like looking at them and watching them I was like man girl like You are cringe, but like, I'm so proud of you. Like, despite being scared, like, at least I did something. At least I did something that I wanted to do and try. Like, I'm proud of myself for even doing it, you know? Everyone go follow us on YouTube and maybe we'll start posting. Just saying. Yeah,
1: let us know what you'd want to see. Because I'm not opposed to it. I just, I'm like, I don't really know what I want to
0: share. And so I don't want
1: to share a share.
0: I was thinking of vlogging when I come up there in two days. Maybe we could do it because you and I are going to be hanging mm. out. Maybe we'll do a cutie little vlog. Yeah. Oh my god, This is such a fun way to end season two. I love this. this was a, Thank you everyone for listening to season two. I Yay. hope you had fun. I think every just to give a little insight, like every season, every time we take a break to come back with the season, it gives Gabby and I and Kay on our team just like the time to kind of hone in level up, like clean up our internalized systems, get more excited. And like, we've done mm-hmm. it again. Like I think you and I are already getting really excited about season three and how we have things organized and looking at things in a different way. And so it's just really nice to be able to take breaks and have healthy boundaries and also come back with like newer yeah. ideas and better systems internally and externally. So we hope you love I'm it. Excited. I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of us too. Proud of us. It's been a whole year. We never even had a birthday party and it's been already a been year. a whole year. <gasps> we didn't even like say anything. Maybe we should get ourselves cupcakes when I come up. Aww, or like a cake cute. or something. Super for down. Us. As we're both like, let's eat less sugar. <laughs> yeah, but like joy, you know. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Joy. Well, see you oh, all I'm soon. So down, Come yeah. to the Patreon. We will be ripping over there. And let us know who you want for season three, babe. We're
1: here to serve. Think that's our thoughts.
0: Think that's our box. Yeah. Thank you guys
1: for listening and for supporting us always.
0: Means the most. We love you all so much. Buy a hat. Buy a hat while we're gone. Some hats are still available. Tag us. Post a right. Tag us. See you soon. Besos! How for now.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to the Thoughts Mayberry podcast every Monday.